Patrick Duggan, DaleWileyShow.com. There we go. Am I talking to Patrick Duggan? <laughs> How are you doing? Right. Well, I'm doing great. I'm talking to my friend Patrick Duggan, who is a cartoonist and is also in a novel. And so let's start with how we met, which is through Italia, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that is correct. Okay. Well, yeah. tell me about her. Okay, but, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't talk to her hardly at all. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, she's a credited in your novel, so I figured that's good. Yeah, yeah. She did give me some great advice. And, right. um, you know, she's a uh, uh, – I think we're both still managed by her. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably so. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, when I was when I was getting ready to to put it out, uh, we we spoke of it again, and um, so you know she's always got some kind of nugget. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well before we talk about the novel, let's talk about your cartooning. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. So I well I started. I, I got my first deal while I was still in college, and it was with a, an independent comic book publisher. Okay. Uh, and and then I did I did like a couple of small weird little indie comics with them back in the this was back in the mid nineteen nineties. Okay. And, Where'd and you go so to then I went to college at the University of New Mexico. Oh wow! So they they have a great art department actually. Um, that's a long well, way from Wisconsin, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was raised in New Mexico, actually. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, so then I, I went to school there, and then in my senior year, I, I as a project for, for one of my classes, I, I basically just did um, a comic book sort of concept about Gen X stuff. <laughs> And uh and then and then uh it got picked up by a publisher because my professor was like, Oh, you know, it's not the job's not done until you pitch this. Right. You, know, you don't get a grade unless you actively try to <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah. So so I pitched it all over the place and then it was going nowhere. But she gave me the grade anyway, because you know, I tried. And then uh the next thing I knew this company picked it up and um I graduated and then I moved to Boston for a little while to to do just trying to find my way in the world, <laughs> you know. Right. And and I got a job at a local newspaper doing some cartoons for them and design work. And uh the next thing I knew that that little comic book took off and basically like I got my first check for it, it paid off my student loans. And wow! I, and then suddenly I was free, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then that just led to years of doing comic books. I moved to New York City, and I worked for Marvel and DC, and um, a couple of other companies, and and that was great. And then uh, yeah, just did some television stuff from that, and been a, a bit of a ride. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, definitely. So, what's been the most fun? Oh, to do? Uh, to draw? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think, that. 
I think my own, you know, your own stuff is always sort of near and dear to you. Um, I definitely right. enjoyed Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, that was yeah, a great. Well, everybody does. Yeah, and that was like a, also like a great sort of time in the development of the character because it was right after yeah. like sort of some she'd sort of come back from her 1970s sort of weird Wonder Woman and was being was being sort of transformed more into like really cool but also really positive you know role model okay. type character. Well, and so it was like a, it was like a good time for that. And um, and I worked on that. And I worked on Fantastic Four briefly, and that was cool. And uh, yeah, lots of comic book type stuff. I did some stuff for Heavy Metal Magazine, and that was groovy. And yeah, so you know, a little more adult than I was used to. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's right. Yeah. And so you eventually did a comic or an adult coloring book. Yes. I did, Tell me about I did, that. I did a series of uh, two. I've done three series now, actually. So it's like uh, the first one was called Myths and Monsters, and what it right. is is I drew. I did I did three separate books of mythological creatures, deities, heroes, that kind of thing, from cultures all over the planet. And okay. um, and on each book, what I would do is I would do them in in an Art Nouveau style, and. Okay. Which, but with without color, and um, and then uh, on each adjoining page to that, I wrote, I wrote like snippets of their mythology, but also like things I had read about how their mythology developed from a okay. historic standpoint. How was that? Tell me about that. There was a ton of research involved, so I ended up reading all these books on different uh, from different uh, historians about where did where did this character from this mythology come from? How did they get involved in this mythology? And are they rooted in a previous one before it? That sort of thing. And, um, you know, particularly around the Mediterranean, which, uh, you know, you've got the Greek and Roman, and you've got a lot of uh, the Macedonian well before that. Um, right. <clears throat> which are all, they're all related to each other pretty heavily, and they all developed off each other heavily. And so, uh, well, everything developed off Macedonian, but um, it was much older. But, uh, you know, and then you had, like, these weird sort of systems of how things kind of came about, like uh, the Olympians, Zeus, right. uh, Apollo, and all that stuff. And where did they come from before that? And Hera, where did she come from before yeah. that? And uh, she was an, actually a huge one because in in, like, the Olympian Greek mythology – Hera is sort of on the back burner. She's sort of like the jealous wife, and she's a shrew. Yeah, and she's bad news. But this is this this mythology that was coming off of like a more than thousand year pre mythology, where she was the preeminent um, deity of the region, really? and and she was huge. But she was a matrilineal one, and societies were changing over to patriarchal at the time. And so what they did was they created it so that her character was sort of abused all the time. Right. And, and it was sort of a way to sort of keep her in her place. And it, it helped them to snuff her cult, uh, snuff out her religion in the area uh, and diminish it and establish more of a, a male-oriented control point. She's definitely the naggy wife in the, right. in the Greek mythology, definitely. Yeah, in Greek mythology, but before that, she was like, 
she traces back to um, Sidoni in uh, in Sumerian, who was just this incredible, incredibly powerful family mother figure who kept everybody together and pulled pulled peace out of the air again and kept wow. families from falling apart. And people would use her as sort of a you know like a thing. And then there was there was she also was like the huntress at one point. There was like a thing with that and. And she may or may not be a couple of other goddesses from Greek mythology at the same time. <laughs> and, you know, there's something about Isis in Egyptian. It's a crossover with her, too. And and then there's, like, and it goes back into this deep Turkish, pre-Turkish mythologies that are out there. And so she's almost like a core figure, but, the, but she was just reduced by the Olympia yeah. times into some. So I thought that was fascinating. And, you know, there's all yeah. this. There's all this literature on it out there, and um, and so I just sort of the the big problem with me, of course, is I'm doing like a coloring book where I'm trying to do like a quick dissection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so of course, I've got one page really to sort of dissect <laughs> the work of how many other people and just sort of give it like a quick over a summary overview. Right. So it's really fascinating. I mean, it took it took a couple of years to sort of do the research on, it. and then and I was. I was headed toward writing like a just a uh, a book with with my thoughts of what I'd read. You know, I'm not qualified to write a book uh, on mythology per se. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, and then I was thinking about that, and then Italia, our old friend Italia, walked into the picture. Where did we go? Yeah, and then she was like, "Why don't you make a coloring book? Pare it down, just." Yeah. Bunch of beautiful artwork there, and uh, you know, I actually just now I just did a slight impersonation of her. I don't know if you heard it. These <laughs> <laughs> little beautiful coloring book. Right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, and then uh, yeah, so then I did that, and then that I got three books out of that, and then uh, and then I did a book on moon princesses, which is just sort of a fake take on sci-fi tropes. Okay. But also focused on like uh lovely art nouveau artwork but with sci fi themes. And that wow. was super fun. And um and that one's been sort of a weird standout in the group because it's not it's you know, it's no one really recognizes what it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but and same so way, how did that lead to the novel? Tell me about novel. that. Well, the yeah. novel is a I've been wanting to write. Uh, so I love J.R. Tolkien, and right. I love Jane Austen. Yes, and I, and I love Agatha Christie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I just, you know, I keep getting push pulled. Like I, I wanted to write an epic fantasy novel. What if I were, wanted to really write a murder mystery? What if I, you know, I love each of them, and I kind of wanted to write like a you know, a Regency era thing, which is bizarre because I don't have any, you know, <laughs> I'm like, that's not. but then I thought, what if I wrote a Regency era novel that's actually a fantasy novel and incorporates a pretty involved murder mystery in it? Yes. Then I suddenly found myself writing, like just moving on it. Right. And, and it was just unfolding right there. And I mean, just like the, the the outlining of it was amazing, and the experience of outlining it was amazing. <laughs> but it's also part of a series that you're starting as well. Yeah, so I've got like, so like I'm kind of 
coding them like a Jane Austen novel in a way. You know, she's like Pride and Prejudice and right. Sense and Sensibility. So the first one of these is called Poison and Power. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the next one will be um, Violence and Virtue. Okay. And uh, and then after that it will be Death and Dilettantes. Oh, wow. And, okay. That's and great. Yeah, and then I got I've got a novella I'm putting out that's a side story from it. Okay, uh, what's that one called? That one's called Ill Earth Grove, and it's a it's a it's about a trip where the where two of the main characters go. They take a side trip for the week out to an old school friend's baby shower, and okay. uh, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so, <laughs> the worst baby shower ever. <laughs> so, where can they find it? Where can people find it? At the moment, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, right. It's about to. It's about to go on to um, wherever books are sold. <laughs> it's also a Kindle Unlimited book, right? It's a Kindle Unlimited. Because so. I did my part and read it on Kindle, so you got uh-huh. all the credit for that novel. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing my part. Oh, did you enjoy it? I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I just think that, you know, you've got a lot of characters in there, and I really want to see where it goes. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I like, like a really, you know, uh, I've gotten some strange but lovely comments back from people. Okay. Uh, Tell me what that means, strange but lovely. Like, um, I don't know, you know, well, you're a writer, Dale, so, you know, you know how like people pick up on things that you don't intend for them to pick up yes, on. Yes, <laughs> the whole time of my writing, that's been yeah. true. Absolutely. So, you know how like uh, so like in this case, like when I would do, when I would draw, it's all visual. So I'm quite I'm quite used to having people see what they want. Right. You know, inside something, and that that makes sense to me. But because it's always been a visual thing, the fact that when you write things, people still do that has been a kind of an awesome uh, realization, you know, like uh, there's like this, this feeling like you just don't, you don't realize people still, they still, there's still remarkable room for interpretation uh, right. off of reading things, even though you over explain in the novel, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you explain it to death, it feels like sometimes, but you know, I've had people talk to me about the um, the depth of the friendship between two of the main characters, and yes. which I fully intended. It just never occurred to me people would find that so that so specifically notable. And, right. And you know, and then you think, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, but friendships are everywhere. People are always friends. You know. Yeah. And you know, and of course they're going to help each other. Right. But, but it's it's lovely to see people suddenly, you know, see that and and find that as a particularly enjoyable aspect of the book, and and think, oh, you know, well, good. I mean, I enjoyed that too. <laughs> so, right. You've also know. got a mailing list. So where yeah. can they find that? What's that? On your mailing list. Tell me about that. Oh, if you go to mpatrickduggan.net, okay, you can you can get on my mailing list there. Right. There's also links inside the uh, the Kindle books for it. Oh, yes, totally. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, I put in, like, one at the beginning and one at the end, and it just says, if you enjoyed this novel. <laughs> right. 
And if you would like to see more, you know, please sign up. And it's very lovely. It's a, you know, it's a really good-looking book as well. Yeah. I, oh, you know, it's funny. I, I resisted the impulse to draw my own cover this time. Right. Good, good idea. I, uh, I just thought, you know, hire, hire a pro. That's <laughs> the best way to do it. Definitely. Hire a specialist to do this. And you know. so what's next for you in both the comic book and the writing world? Well, right now, uh, so I'm almost done with Hiller's Grove, and uh, and I'm going to use that as a just sort of a filler piece between the, the first novel and the second novel, okay. and then I'm going to get going on the second novel again, which is it's about halfway written. Um, right. And as far as drawing, I've been pondering another coloring book series, possibly. Um, some people on wrote me a comment on Amazon that they'd love to see a coloring book of the characters from Poison and Power, which yeah. could, which could be kind of a nice tie-in. <laughs> so, so I think I, I might head down that route, you know, get get uh-huh. my, uh, get my uh, Regency era dresses. Well, I really want to see what they look like. I mean, that's part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It really is kind of part of the deal. And I, I think... I think that could be a, a super fun way to sort of continue it and also maybe have some other merch. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's not a bad idea. And so anyway, it was so nice to hear from you and get to talk about your new book. And thank you so much, Dale. What a pleasure. DaleWileyShow.com Tiffany Barler on her fight for social justice. DaleWileyShow.com Throw Senate Bill 1 at you now. Is in direct conflict with everything that ensures that juveniles are absolutely treated as juveniles in a court of law. So, you know, we are No More Tears 21-4, and we work on a federal level, and we bring, we're part of, we just got inducted to the NCOSC, the National Coalition of Sexual Exploitation, there in yes. D.C. this year. You well, we had, we had a book coming out. I want to hear about yes, that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, I sure do. And it launches by Mark. My long, long road, how I've become right. a huge advocate for sexual trafficking. That's the idea. Against sexual trafficking, that. yes. <laughs> how I'm a victim advocate and an advocate to end sexual exploitation right. and human trafficking. Exactly. Well, we are right. I mean, I am working with international partners right now as well. We've got a five-year. We actually have a liftoff project in Nigeria after we went to the Sea Summit. Exactly for, and we're just little old us, you know. Right. But we are we are now part of 220 coalition members in the world. You know, in the United States that works on a worldwide global level now. Juveniles between the ages of 12. 12 and 18 to be put in prison and jail with adults. Fiscal year 2018, black youth accounted for 63% of the certified youth. We at seven, we were at 63. Because there was something in the water in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, don't forget me. I'm Brenda Lee, and we're all going to have fun tonight on Ozark Jubilee.
Welcome to the Missouri Music Podcast, hosted by music fan and the founder of Slew Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. 